Love Talk Radio. Trump, 
who was arrested as a KKK member in the, uh, member in the 30s and in New York, and he was uh, and he wouldn't allow black people into his apartment. You know. Well, uh, Trump was also sued. And Trump was sued for that too, because Trump. That's why this Woody Woody Guthrie uh, song was about Trump, because the father I mean, was was bad news, but the son was even worse. Well, right in his footsteps. The mean, 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 mean. Yeah. Talked about his meanness, and that was in 1960. I know. Isn't that amazing? Huh? Yeah, well, Woody Guthrie star is true character then. Yeah, yeah, uh, 50s and 60s, and because Trump is 72 now, mm-hmm. so uh, you know, so he was born in 45, 55, 65. So 20, 21, 22 in the 60s, he would have been, you know, a real. Uh, he would have been very he was, young. He was the guy running his father's businesses mm-hmm. in his 20s, mm-hmm. and then his father gave him like six million bucks. Said here you go, and he went out and bought a bunch of uh, rundown apartments, so he renovated those, and uh, you know that's where he got his uh, uh, that's where he got his his reputation his Uh reputation as a as a mean guy yeah yeah mean guy a thug yeah well anyway tonight we're um, we're gonna try this again with uh, Lila Stahl Um, she's an accomplished entrepreneur. And the builder of uh, 51, it's actually 51, I have it at 55,000. But uh, she spent uh, $55 million on creating a 51,000 square foot butterfly palladium in uh, Buena Park, uh, California. Uh, we also have, uh, and tonight we have reports on environmental health issues and, uh, of course, Trump and Sania. I coined that phrase uh-huh. uh, on the L.A. Stool Show. And uh, I'm, I'm almost convinced that Trump wants to be impeached, you know? I, I just think he's like, come on, I tempt you, I dare you, you know? It's that no, that's thing. part of his nature. Yeah, Mueller says you will end the investigation in late summer. and uh, We'll see. Yeah, you know, hardly anybody remembers the Singapore summit. You know, there's so much, so much action and so much activity there around this. Uh, all this crap with uh, uh, immigration. Yeah, you know that uh, this guy is uh, you know, not gonna. Kim Jong Un went right out of the news. Kim Jong Un, yeah, yeah, he did. You know, the last couple of days has been gone. It's like, uh, you know, when they first came out with it, that that uh, he was, uh, well, they said they came out with all the criticism about it. And said that this is no treaty. You know, right. this is all bullshit. And uh, that's they're not, she's not there yet. Oh, how can you tell? Because it'll come on here. Oh, okay. Right on, that's our number. Oh, okay. We're talking about the studio. Our guest is supposed to call in tonight, um, and uh, hopefully she will. But it'll show up on our dashboard here. I didn't. Right. Usually we have to go back to it, so. No, but, but it's uh, right. We're right on it, so yeah, we can see it. Yeah, she should be on in about a minute or so. So uh, with that, I wanted to uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, other things. Um, and primarily, but I wonder if she's built any others like this, or she, or other people have built butterflies. As far as I know, no. Um, she's she's the only one, actually, who's who's done that. And why she chose the butt to? I, but it well, has other things that it. Well, she's, that a, she's she's a philanthropist, and she has um, you know she's done things like this. So. Bees. She's also interested in bees and the collapsed colony syndrome. And so she's providing a habitat for them. But I guess maybe it draws attention, folks' attention to the fact that butterflies couldn't become endangered, and some of them are, yeah. and bees are suffering. And well, these are insects that we need. And not only do we need them, but they give us such wonderful benefits. I mean, butterflies certainly just, they give us beauty. They're so beautiful, yeah. those creatures. And... Um, Bees, of course, give us honey, and they have a good work work ethic. Bees. Yeah, sure. They do. Something that human beings could emulate, I think. Mm, well, it could be. They're good workers, bees. Well, there's a little write up on her. Uh, she's building a 51,000 square foot uh, palladium. palladium. Uh, also includes an enclosed greenhouse atrium exhibit. Measures 19,000 square feet, uh, making the, this a top tourist attraction and the largest butterfly exhibit in the U.S. and the and and the and one the of world. the largest in the world. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. 
fascinating kind of thing. Yeah. I hope I, I'm sure she has all kinds of different species of butterflies. I hope so, too. I know we get monarch butterflies that come through here when they migrate, and they're just beautiful to watch. Yeah. Beautiful creatures. But oh. there's all kinds of things going on in um, in the news tonight. Every every time you turn on the television, Trump is saying something to us. I was um, I'm just waiting for one second, Eric, because she was she's supposed to call in now, uh, which she hasn't. So that's uh, that's an issue. Go to our yeah, we're reading. Yeah, it's, uh, so, oops. 
I don't know what happened with this. But anyway, we'll find out later. But let's just continue with this. Okay, let's go on. I want to go back to that article. It's an important article. Some of these cases include the experience of a Brazilian woman described earlier formed the basis of a class action lawsuit against the Department of Homeland Security by the Civil Liberties Union and other human rights groups. Whether or not the Trump administration wants to call this policy, it certainly is engaged in widespread practice of carrying children away from their parents. It's terrible. Uh, the issue recently became conflated with another immigrant's rights issue when an image of an Im- immigrant children being detained in a, cape, in, a, in a cage spread across social media. Dating from 2014, the scene is not the result of the Trump's administration's zero policy, zero tolerance policy, but it does represent another human rights violation according to the ACLU. Can you move that light? Yeah, that's Well, you keep moving it, so I can't find it. Well, excuse me. Okay. Dating from 214. I just read that. Did you read that part? Okay. The ACLU released a report documenting the various abuses that accompanied minors minors face in U.S. detention facilities, including being sexually assaulted, denied medical care, and run over by vehicles. The misconduct, this misconduct demonstrated in these records is breathtaking, as is the government's complete failure to hold officials who abuse their power accountable, said Mitra, I can't pronounce her last name, of the ACLU Border Litigation Project staff attorney in a statement. The abuse that takes place by government officials is reprehensible and un-American. The U.S. government currently has more than 11,200 unaccompanied minors in detention, according to the NBC News. There is nothing normal about detaining children, Shamanda Sani said. It is never in the best interests of the child and always constitutes a child rights violation. Global citizens' campaigns to protect the rights of children, you can take action by contacting them, I guess. That's yeah. what they said. So well, let's go it appears, our, it appears our, our guest is... Uh, uh, something uh, happened. Un- she's unable to call. So. so that's okay. So anyway, let's move on. Uh, you know, there's some really interesting thing happened. Oh, you know what I wanted to say? This article here, um, the awful reason the Central American refugee crisis is out of sight. I thought that was interesting because... It kind of gives you why. I mean, what, what's, what's happening going, what the in hell is Central going on America? In El Salvador and uh, Guatemala and so on. And a refugee is someone who abandons her home and way of life because she fears death or harsh persecution. Mm-hmm. It's sometimes, it, it's someone who leaves the middle of the night barefoot just to get away. It's someone who goes weeks without food, children in her arms, just to be alive without deeper scars of trauma. Is someone who puts herself at the mercy of others in foreign places where they sometimes speak foreign languages and have foreign customs begging for relief, begging for safety. Is someone everyone everywhere is uh, morally obligated to help. That is painfully clear. Everyone everywhere does not always help. A lot of the time people look away, go on with their daily lives as if nothing terrible is happening nearby. The refugees fleeing the chaos in Syria have been pushed out of many countries and often find themselves in squalid, opportunity-deprived camps. The plight of the Syrians has gained more recognition over the past few months, causing more resources resources to be mobilized to help. But much more still has to be done, particularly in regions not getting the same global attention. In Central America, the international spotlight has not yet fallen on the suffering of refugees. So people feeling gang violence in El Salvador, Honduras, Guatemala, and Central America uh, countries often find themselves deported back to dangerous areas where they end up trapped in horrible circumstances or even tortured and murdered. For some context, El Salvador is the homicidal capital of the world. Wow. After a few years of truce with the government, gangs, 
have resumed grisly operations, kidnapping, torturing, and murdering civilians. For Central Americans... For Central Americans, it's not solely a matter of countries looking away. The U.S. and Mexico are actually making it as hard as possible for refugees to claim and receive asylum. According to a recent piece in the New York Times by Sonia Nazario, the United States has given Mexico tens of millions of dollars for the physical year that ended in September 30th to stop these migrants from reaching the United States border to claim asylum. Next year, the administration wants to bring the total to $90 million, according to Nazario. The money is being used in southern Mexico to aggressively hunt for, lock up, and deport migrants and refugees, many of whom are children. Some of the consequences of this ramped-up policy are truly frightening. For one, the mandate is to round up Central Americans has led to a rise in kidnappings because criminals rightly understand that the police will not look for kidnapped victims from other countries. It's one of those informal agreements. Central Americans are not welcome, and however they're captured doesn't matter. Migrants and refugees who are kidnapped and are held for outrageous ransoms tend to face abuse such as rape and regular beatings and lives and live in miserable conditions. Some are pushed into prostitution, slavery, or are killed and are harvested for their organs. Throughout the country, the government is making the traditional routes to asylum more difficult. For example, all sorts of barriers are being put up around trains to prevent migrants and refugees from catching a free ride. Law enforcement officials patrol trains and uh, and use electric guns or tasers to knock people off who are riding on top. Police scour the countryside to sweep up migrants and refugees facing travelers forcing travelers to take roundabouts and dangerous routes. Oh, boy. Safe homes run by Catholic groups and others are being targeted and attacked. As Nazario explains, these safe homes used to be rest stops along the journey. (coughs) Excuse me. Now they are the only places of safety and are frequently threatened. Detention centers where police and travelers tend to be grimy and often hold individuals for months or even years without offering opportunities for asylum. I don't know what the detentions, they must meant detention centers are, they forgot the verb, are where police and travelers tend to be grimy. I don't know what they mean by that. Detention centers where police and travelers they didn't put a verb in the yeah, video, that's what it is. Tend to be grimy and often hold individuals from us. All or of even this, years. All of this and more has combined to make it extremely difficult to make it to the U.S. border. And so the number of migrants and refugees reaching the U.S. is plummeting. So far this year, Mexico has apprehended 92,899 Central Americans compared to 70,000 apprehended in the U.S. For those lucky enough to reach the U.S., the situation is not that much different. Kidnappings, endless waits in crowded detention centers, separation from families, and abuse are common. All of this would be generated, generating outrage. It should be causing Mexicans and U.S. citizens to demand humane policies for their government, policies that appreciate the trauma of refugees and their basic plea for help. But that isn't happening. The multinational crackdown is on autopilot mode. It's uh, barreling along out of sight, fueled by taxpayer money, feeding propaganda that Central Americans are criminals and is trampling the rights of refugees. I know that it shouldn't and mustn't be this way. It's not a matter of opinion. It's a matter of inalienable human rights. It's the simplest covenant of society. When someone is running from death, you help them. You do everything you can. From now on, put yourself in the shoes of a refugee. Go take action now to tell the world the one thing you would take with you if you suddenly had to leave your home for good. Ooh. I don't know. What would you take? Well, we'd, we'd take the cats, probably. Yeah. And then what would we take? Well, you have to take <laughs> money. No, of course. If you didn't no. have money. But oh, no, whatever you can take, whatever you can pack on your car and go. Or they don't have a car. Or people pack on their back and go, you know, God almighty. It's just a horrible thing. Just to, just to 
tragic, tragic, tragic thing. But anyway, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to. Uh, it looks like not. I mean, Let's just go to our. Oh, uh, let's forget, article. forget about that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, President Trump's own climate change is real. Wait, telling him climate change. How has Trump responded? He, he totally ignores everything. Now this one is interesting. President Trump, President Trump, President Donald J. Christ has actually Please don't insult <laughs> Christ. Uh, that's what he thinks he is. President Trump lied more than three thousand times in four hundred and sixty-six days. Is that all? He lies consistently every single day, at least ten times a day. To the point. He doesn't know what the truth is. The Washington Post fact checker blog has been keeping a strict count of President Donald Trump's many misstatements, untruths, and outright lies. And over the weekend at a rally in Michigan, Trump hit another uh, milestone. Uh, he topped 3,000 untrue or misleading statements in the last 466 days in office. <laughs> that means that on average, Trump says 6.5 things that are, aren't true a day. And every single day, uh, <laughs> Trump is actually picking up the pace when it comes to not telling the truth. He has averaged nine untruths or misleading statements a day over the last two months. All right. The, the problem with Trump's pension for uh, prevarication uh, pre is that it is hard to uh, concept, uh, contextualize it. We never had a president with such casual relationship to the, the truth. To the truth. We have no... What it needs I, I know, I'm just trying to hold it. We have no count of how many lies Barack Obama or George W. Bush told per day because, well, they weren't as committed to saying and then repeating falsehood as Trump isso? clearly is. There are more than 5,000 agencies. Holy crap. They're insulting me in Spanish now. All right. But the, uh, uh, the problem with Trump's, but, yeah, uh, where were we? In an attempt to put some context on just how often Trump lies, I looked up a few other things we do, or are supposed to do, a certain number of times per day. The closest corollary I found is urination. Yes, <laughs> scientists and health experts say you should go you should urinate what? No, you've got to get that black banner I on. know. I'm trying, Lila. Uh, the close, uh, um, scientists and health experts say you should go between six and seven times a day. Think of it this way. Every time you go to the bathroom, Donald Trump <laughs> is saying something that is either a stretch of the truth or a complete break with the truth every time. I guess Here's another way to think about it. You are supposed to drink eight glasses of eight-ounce water per day. Most of us don't make it all the way to eight. So let's say you drink six. Every time you finish off that last drop of water in your glass, the President of the United States has said something that isn't true. It's remarkable. The sheer rate of troops untruth telling is staggering. Trump's it, untruth telling. It is yeah. unprecedented and it is very, very hard to stop. Fired FBI Director James Comey in a town hall late last month with CNN's Anderson Cooper, described the challenge of rebutting all of Trump's false, false claims Trump, nicely. Trump. Trump's false claims nicely. Trump's style of conversation was a series of assertion, assertions about great things he had done. The challenge I found was that they wash over you like a wave, and even if you disagree, the wave keeps coming. But that is the style. It's, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. That's, that's Comey Trump. talking about Trump. Trump. Yeah. Comey's point is that if you were going to correct every exaggeration, distortion, or falsehood that came out of Trump's mouth, you would have to interrupt him on a near constant basis. The challenge is amplified if, like me and my friends at the Post Fact Checker site, you're a member of the media. Trump has spent reams of rhetoric attacking the media. Uh, media's credibility that many people, especially who vote or will support the president, believe 100 percent. So yeah. saying that yeah. he isn't yeah. telling the truth, yeah. and he isn't, won't have any effect on how those people perceive him. In fact, the more the media fact checks Trump, the more his supporters believe him. It's through the looking glass stuff. Regardless, truth matters, facts matter, 
And the next time you go to the bathroom today, remember that Donald Trump has just said something that isn't extremely <laughs> or even remotely true. But anyway, we are going to continue with more interesting news. This is interesting. This this guy. Oh, my God, this guy. Vote for the best GOP pedophiles, white supremacists, Nazis, and complete idiots. Here's a guy. GOP candidate normalizes pedophilia. Oh, right. God almighty. Because the Bible tells him so. Oh, yeah? He's got a special section in there that the rest of us uh, haven't read? I don't know. This guy is one sick sucker. Um, Maybe they, they bought, uh, trans- one of the angels translated it and whispered it to him. Yeah, because it's in the Bible. Michigan State Senate candidate, Republican, of course, oh my God. Mike Sarah, argues men being attracted to 12-year-old girls is normal because it's in the Bible. Sarah made headlines last February after making deplorable comments about the female judge at the Larry Nasser trial. Um, remember her? Yeah. The one who sentenced him to... 300 years or something. Um, hang on a second. All right. Uh, sex abuse of underage gymnasts. At one uh, point, calling the judge a feminazi and making crude references to her sex life. A feminazi is a Rush Limbaugh term. Okay. After Judge Rosemary Aquila, Aquilina sentenced Larry Nassar to a cumulative 175 years in prison on multiple counts of sexually abusing young girls. Sarah wrote, that pig will get it in prison. He's, uh, no, not him, I'm sorry. That's another guy that said something. This guy said, judge was wrong for her personal vocal opinions on record. That should be a crime against jurisprudence itself. Lastly, what do you think this feminazi judge would say if her husband asked for a BJ? This is, can you imagine this? What's a BJ? Blowjob. Oh. Oh, okay. She's Barry Johnson. Oh, I don't know. Huh? I, I don't like the way these people talk. <laughs> really? GOP or? Uh, he, what did I just say? I just, I just watched that. I think he is, yeah. Is 
candidate. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah, and this is in um, the state of Michigan. But Michigan's got some fucking some people. They got, they got. Uh, that's the home of Ted Nugent. I mean, you know, Wang Bang, Sweet Boon Bang. Yeah. You know, uh, well, you know. And he became a real nut job. I think. Well, he's a pro. He's a totally pro uh, Trump. You know, and yeah. pro pro everything. That, I don't, I don't know how people with any empathy could support the separation of. Toddlers and well, infants especially, from their mothers. Especially now. That's criminal and abusive, and people are incarcerated but, 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 for this. Yes. Uh, the US, this is from the New York Times. Uh, the U.S. placed immigrant children with traffickers, report says. They actually replaced the. I know I told you that yeah, with the foster families there and all that. Yes. Shit. They were all. They were. They were. Uh, they were uh, child traffickers, uh, oh. human sexual traffickers. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. Washington. You'll never find those kids. Now, this came out. Now, look, wow. Now, this what's interesting here is this came out back in uh, 2016, all right? Right? Yeah. When they were doing this, this is before uh, this is before he was elected, all right? And they were doing this stuff. Department of Health and Human Services placed more than a dozen immigrant children in the custody of human traffickers after it failed to conduct uh background checks of caregivers, uh, according to a Senate report. Uh, this was back in January 2016. Wow. Yeah. Right. Examining how the federal uh, agency processed minors who arrive at the border without a guardian, Lake, uh, lawmakers said they found that it, was, it had not followed basic practices of child welfare agencies, like making home visits. Oh, my God. So, yeah. The Senate Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations opens its inquiry after law enforcement officials uncovered a human trafficking ring in Marion, Ohio, last year. At least six children were lured to the United States from Guatemala with a promise of a better life, then were made to work on egg farms. The children, as young as 14, had been in federal custody before being entrusted to the traffickers. It's, a to it's intolerable, and the and the human trafficking modern-day slavery could occur in our backyard, said Senator Rob Portman, a Republican of Ohio, uh, chairman of the subcommittee. But that makes the Marion cases even more alarming, and that is, um, is that a U.S. government agency was responsible for delivering some of the victims into the hands of their abusers. Well, uh, now, that happened two years ago. Can you imagine what's going on now? I... I mean that thing was a, that that is a prime, uh, prime unbelievable thing, yeah. you know. Great opportunity for all predators. Yeah, unbelievable. But here, I, I love this guy. You, you gotta love this guy, Michael Avenatti, Stormy Daniels' uh, um, attorney. Attorney. Oh, he yells and screams. No, no, but he's offering legal services to the parents of children uh, taken in, at the border. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, he finds it totally offensive, and he's. Uh, and Eternal Michael, Attorney Michael Avenatti blasted senior advisor Stephen Miller for saying, uh, 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 for having sold President Donald Trump on his fascist immigration policy that has separated thousands of children from their parents at the border. All right. The lawyer representing porn star Daniels, uh, Stormy Daniels, uh, took to Twitter Sunday to offer his representation of any parent who was separated from the child at the U.S. border. Avenatti tweeted out a Spanish word, basta, um, meaning roughly enough, or stop it in English, and he ridiculed Miller's callous and self-congratulating defense of Donald Trump's immigration policy in the New York uh, Post. Um, Michael Avenatti. Yeah. You want to read that? Or, uh, Michael Avenatti blasted Trump's administration's senior advisor, uh, Stephen Miller for having sold uh, Trump a fascist immigration policy that has separated thousands of young <laughs> children from their families in the border. All right. Well, yeah. you can blame anybody you want, but Trump accepted it and he enacted oh, it. Oh yeah, no, no, but, but yeah. Miller, Miller's the guy who Miller's a sycophant that you know the little Hitlerite, you know, toad. They they call him toad. To, what do they call him? Uh, toadies. You know, mm -hmm. like Session is a little toady, you know, and Pence is a, is a Trump toady, you know, all little Trump toadies. 
But anyway, to make a long story short, Avenatti has been going after them. He's, he's offering their services free. Yeah. This was really funny. It's funny that no, not too many people heard this one. But uh, <laughs> Trump, Trump offered to send, uh, threatened to send 25 million Mexicans to Japan. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
he told the Washington Post, I would have to be way down the road. Uh, that would have to be way down the road. There should be no pardons. <laughs> He's such a dick. And, and prosecutors allege that by committing a new crime while on release, Manafort uh, violated the terms of his home confinement in Alexandria, Virginia, and were asked the judge to revoke or revise it. Uh, Manafort, who's 69, had pleaded not guilty to all the charges in that, in, in what prosecutors say was a broader conspiracy to launder more than $30 million over a decade of undisclosed lobbying for a pro-Russian former politician and party in Ukraine. And the case against him includes failing to register in the United States as a lobbyist for a foreign government. Mm -hmm. On June 8th, he and a Russian business associate were charged with obstruction of justice after prosecutors say they tried to persuade two potential witnesses to tell investors the Ukraine lobbying effort did not include activity in the United States. So, I mean, Manafort's attorney has uh, have denied the tampering allegation and accused prosecutors of conjuring up charges. <laughs> Manafort was arrested Friday, arraigned Friday on obstruction counts and is set for trial in Washington in September over the allegation of secret lobbying. He also faces a federal trial in Virginia in July for related tax and bank fraud charges. I mean, this guy, this guy is so full of crap. He's, he, uh-huh. he is gone, man. And even a pardon is not going to save this guy. You know, he's just, he's done. He's cooked. Uh, that's, uh, that's Mr. Paul Manaforti. Okay? Amazing. Amazing. Well, here we go. Giuliani, oh, favorite guy. Yeah, Giuliani is accused of notorious adultery by his estranged wife. Notorious adultery. <laughs> notorious adultery. You want to read that? It sounds worse when it comes from a woman. Does it? Sure it does. Former Mayor Rudolph Giuliani's estranged wife has filed for divorce, citing adultery. The filing by Donna Hanover, 52, came more than a year and a half after Giuliani filed to divorce her, citing cruel and inhumane <laughs> Oh, yeah, right. Uh, Hanover's lawyer, Helen Brzezinski, said her client rejected the grounds on which Giuliani's divorce was based. He um, filed a cruel and inhumane treatment. If there's going to be a divorce, let's have the truth about it. Why? Rudy's open in notorious adultery, she said. Giuliani's spokeswoman, Sonny Mindell, replied, there is no purpose in responding to this mudslinging. Yes, there is. Hanover filing came uh, June 10th in in, the state Supreme Court during the last months of Giuliani's tenure. Uh, His girlfriend... Last months of his tenure. Huh. I wonder what his tenure is what. Was he in home, what, some kind of security? Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. Last months of his tenure. His girlfriend, uh, Judith Nathan, claims the city's de facto first lady and uh, appeared with him in official functions. <clears throat> Meanwhile, the judge hearing the divorce agreed Thursday to increase the amount of Giuliani's pays to the sport his two children with Hanover, uh, Andrew 16 and Caroline 12, uh, with other expenses. The amount will be raised to 24000 a month from 1800 a month. That's that's pretty reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know, she, she, she uh, I mean, he was only giving her 1800 a month in New York City, and he was making $8 million a year. And he had two kids with her? Yeah. And what a piece of work this guy is. The judge said the change was justified by Giuliani's own admission that this year's income for speaking engagements alone will exceed $8 million. Hanover has asked for nearly $1 million a year in child support and other expenses. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'll tell you, boy, it's, it's, it just doesn't get... Some these people. Are, yeah, I, I, there's no... I just can't believe the nerves that they have. Yeah, yeah, the hypocrisy I, is mostly I, I don't... That the ultimate freaking hypocrisy is beyond anything. I don't knowingly know anybody that's like Trump and his, his people. I don't know people like that. I think yeah. I want to keep it that way. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, here we go. It's like Killer Kim uh, and, you know, killed his entire family in 2014. <laughs> yeah. And Trump calls him a smart and nice guy. Okay. He also killed his cousin recently in 2017, a chemical weapon. Two years ago, he killed another uncle by strapping him to an anti-aircraft cannon. All right? Yeah, that's the, guy, that's the, the kind of guy that uh, Trump says is a really nice guy. turns VP's office in the gateway for lobbyists to influence the Trump administration. Uh, friggin' Pence, man. He's nothing more than a pig, just like, just like you. He turns, you see this? I know, he's he, so he arrogant. Turns, no, no, but he, he turns the VP's office into a gateway for lobbyists to influence the Trump. Uh, he's, he's a lobbyist. He, come on, yeah, you got you got some money for us? Come on. Who, who do you want to, you know what I mean? Come on in. Come on in, folks. Nice to see you. Yeah, you know, nice to see. You got a couple million bucks on you? Good, good. Okay, we'll we'll get you this. That's what Cohen was doing. You know that? Huh? But anyway, so that's a new that's a new new thing. Here's a. Um, This one, where he he wants everybody, he wants Americans to stand up the way that they do with the. Uh, okay, now here's we can end this uh, with this little with this statement by this. Uh, by this 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 is from uh, this this is a, a psychiatrist, okay, who was uh, a former Air Force psychiatrist says that Trump is not mentally fit. There we go. Ready? One of my duties while in the Air Force was to psychologically evaluate those military personnel for fitness for duty, particularly if they worked around nuclear weaponry. There's one young man, I'll never forget, who came to me with strong depression, suicidal thoughts, and sharing voices to kill himself and other people. When I asked him what he did, he said his job was loading nuclear warheads on Air Force bombers. You can imagine my concern with that, and not only did I get him safely psychiatrically hospitalized, but he also took away his nuclear clearance to be around nuclear weapons. The military clearly lays out the psychological standards for those personnel around nuclear weapons. Department of Defense Directive 5210.42 says that only those military personnel with the highest degree of trustworthiness, liability, conduct, and behavior should be allowed to work in the vicinity of nuclear weapons. Now, what if we apply those same psychological standards to the presidency? And what if President Trump were instead Airman Trump? And what if Airman Trump was assigned to the same military base I was at? Would I feel comfortable allowing Airman Trump to be around nuclear weapons? Now, also suppose that Airman Trump was involved in cyberbullying on Twitter. He had times of sexually abusive behavior towards women. That he was prone to erratic emotional states. He had paranoia about being surveilled by others or persecuted unjustly, and that he had a long history of making highly distorted, if not frankly untruthful statements. Would I feel comfortable allowing Airman Trump to be around nuclear weapons? My answer to that was absolutely not, not without further psychological evaluation. That brings us to the great irony that the entire nuclear chain of command, from the airmen and the missile silos, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, are all held to the highest degree of psychological stability and standards, except one person, the President of the United States, the very person who has his finger on the nuclear button. Uh, there you go. That's huh? Yeah, that's it. So that, that's going to end the show tonight. And I think I'll leave you in your boots shaking. But it's... Uh, you know, that's just the way it is, man. And uh, it just doesn't seem to get better. Yeah, he's just amazing. <laughs> but anyway, so with that, we're going to end the show tonight. And I want to thank everybody who joined us. And we're sorry we couldn't bring her, and uh, she won't be back on again. <laughs> I don't think we're going we're gonna to run that risk again. But, uh, but I hope you, um, I hope you had a good day. And uh hope you have a good night. And remember, all this stuff is verifiable on, you know, every news media in the world. But uh, you probably heard it here first. 
So have a good evening, and uh, hope. By the way, I hope you enjoyed that opening song about Donald Trump. We're gonna play that till he's gone, till he's gone. Nobody will miss you while you're gone. <laughs> and we're not gonna miss you. He's just mean. Go fast. He's just so mean. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, have a good night, everybody. Good night, folks.